Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 153. Much of the time, we can't really see clearly what God is doing in our lives, and we certainly can't see what God is doing in the lives of people around us. And I have found that it's really easy to make assumptions and think, certain things about people, you know, you can think like, oh, she's not really interested in spiritual things, or she's not very open to talking about God. And then out the blue sometimes, someone will say something, and you think, well, I had had no idea that you considered such things. I mean, that's what you think to yourself. Somebody will say something, it's out of the blue, it's, uh, there's a spiritual aspect or a component to it, and you think, wow, I had no idea that, I had no idea you were interested in such things. And I found that sometimes the least likely people in your life end up being the ones who can teach you and give you insight into yourself and others, and the world, and God, but it's sometimes that they're people that you would least expect. You get these aha moments from people that you would never think would help you in some way. Which just really reminds me that God's at work in, in the lives of people around us, whether I can see it or not. You know, God's already working in people's lives. Uh, Whether we get to see it or not, that's a whole other thing. But God's certainly working. And today, we have an account of a healing. It's actually a number of healings. It's called the healing of 10 lepers. But what's fascinating about this particular account is that one of the lepers, one, one of them, they're all healed, by the way, in the story. But the one that no one would expect to get any insight from happens to be the one, of course, that Jesus points out, basically ends up saying, pay attention to this one, because he's learned something about life that all the others have missed, and this is important. Is it possible to live each day and truly miss what's important? Absolutely, very easily. Jesus would say. Yes, it's, very, it's remarkably easy to focus on the wrong things each day and miss what can bring us great uh, joy and wholeness, and not just to ourselves, but also to those around us. So let me tell you the story about um, the account of the healing of 10 lepers. So it starts, where, by the way, we're in uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 17. It starts with Jesus traveling through a region between Samaria and Galilee. And I won't go into all the geographical implications here, but it is worth noting that that was really a place where people tend to, tended to avoid. People, ancient Jews, 2,000 years ago, tended to avoid Samaria. Of course, it's not going to apply to Jesus because he's anything but the usual rabbi, right? Uh, He tends to go to places that no one else goes. He tends to speak to people that nobody else speaks to. He tends to accept people no one else accepts. 
This is just the whole way that Jesus is. So he's traveling between Samaria and Galilee, and he enters a village, and 10 lepers start to call out to him. They've obviously heard that he's a healer. And they shout out, Master, have mercy on us. They, they shout out from a distance because, you know, remember in those days, lepers had to stay well away from everyone else. They had their own leper colonies. And of course, obviously, everybody avoided them. They were terrified that they would catch leprosy since there was no cure. And so, it, yeah, it was particularly sad, horrible disease because not only did you have this disease that could last year, decades before you died, but also you couldn't be near your family. You could certainly not be in the church or the synagogue, it would be called at that time. You couldn't be in your community. You couldn't have any friends. You had to basically stay with other lepers. So they call out from a distance and Jesus says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And then it says, the line is, and as they went, they were healed. So they call out to him, master, have mercy on us. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And the next line is, as they went, they were healed. Now, a couple comments here. Uh, that don't necessarily make sense to us because this is not our culture. They call out for mercy. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. Why the priest? Because in those days when you had a skin disease like leprosy, and there would be other things too, you had to go to the priest and the priest would give you the okay to go back to the community and the family. You couldn't just say, oh, I'm healed, I'm going to go back home. It's like, no, you need to go get checked out by the priest, make sure that you're absolutely cured, and then, and only then, could you go back to your family and your community. If you didn't get the priest's approval, basically, you'd be isolated with other lepers for the, remain, the remainder of your life. Now, what is, what is interesting to note is, is that they're not healed immediately as Jesus, he didn't just speak out a word, be healed, and they were healed. But what is fascinating is, is that the text tells us that when they are on their way to see this priest, the healing begins to kick in, so to speak. So all 10 take Jesus at his word. They follow through. I mean, they trust him enough to do what he asks them to do. So they go and they see the priest and they ask the priest for permission if they could go back to their community because they want to, to see that they were healed. Now, What's fascinating about this for us is, because there's a principle here, I think, that is an everlasting spiritual truth. Obviously, the 10 lepers take Jesus at his word, right? Because they go off and see the priest. They're still 
leprous. They still, they're still sick. But they have enough trust in what he says, and so they start the journey. And as they are on the journey, by the time they get to their destination, they're free from leprosy. It's a small detail in the story, but I think the lesson here is, is that it's as, they, as they begin to walk, as they are on their journey to see the priest, as they take that step of faith, then the healing begins. And so much of our life is like this. You know, there's so many things that, oh, simple things. Like, let me just take a couple basic things. Like, a couple basic things about our, the teaching of Jesus, our faith tradition is, is the importance of forgiveness, which all we all know is, for most of us, extremely difficult. However, we don't wait until we feel like we can forgive before we forgive, right? We start the process. We say, either to the person or ourselves, I forgive this person. I, for, I forgive what, what they've done to me. I'm, I'm leaving this in the past. We don't wait until we feel like it's all sorted out and forgiven before we forgive, right? And the same goes with so many other things. We don't wait until it's all settled before we uh, don't struggle or burden ourselves with regrets from the past. If we are burdened with regrets from the past, it's in the present moment that we say to God, God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that I don't have to live in the past. Thank you that that's over and it's done with. So, in other words, we begin in spite of what our thoughts tell us, whether it's dealing with fear or whether we need to take an action that requires a lot of courage. We don't wait until we feel we have courage. We go ahead and we take the step. And then the courage comes when we need it. We move ahead in faith, which is the same word as trust. We move ahead in trust. We move ahead in faith. And we're counting on the fact that God is going to meet us in the process, which is what is modeled here with these 10 lepers. Now, this is a, a tricky lesson for us because we often want guarantees before we move into action. And of course, trust in God doesn't work that way. We don't have guarantees. Uh, we have to start the journey. We start walking to the priest, so to speak, right? We have to begin the task or make the change or change direction or whatever it is we're hesitant to do Whatever it is we're hesitant to do, but we're pretty sure that this is, this is the way that we should be moving, we always begin before we have everything that we think we need in the spiritual life. This is, the, this is sort of one of the principles of spiritual growth. So, 
all 10 of them have this, this is admirable actually, they all have this trust. And as they went on their way, the healing, the cure takes place. Now, by the time they arrive, of course, they're all healed. The, the priest gives them permission to go back to the community. They can go back to their families, their loved ones. And the nine, we never hear of them again. We only hear the story continues with one leper who's left. He doesn't return to his loved ones. There's one healed leper. Well, he's not really a leper now, right? The once, <laughs> he once was a leper, but now he's not. The, the healed leper is compelled to return to Jesus and thank him. Now, he's not the one that the first listeners would expect to do this because in the, in the story, the first listener, this one happens to be a Samaritan. There was a lot of racial tension between Samaritans and ancient Jews. So the first listeners would be like, what, him? How can he teach us anything? What would he know about anything? But this is kind of the hero in the story is the Samaritan. And like I said earlier on, it's the name Samaritan doesn't, it means very little to us. Um, however, as I mentioned earlier, again, it's just a reminder, even the most unlikely people, God is at work in their lives. We can't really see what God's doing in people's lives. But obviously, this Samaritan has some insight that no one else has. And what he, what, another thing he has is he, he has a, a well-developed practice of gratitude. And this gratitude brings up a whole new level of healing, a whole new level of wholeness. Now, they're all cured. But the story takes a fascinating turn with the Samaritan. He finds Jesus, he prostrates himself at his feet and he thanks him. And Jesus said, where are the nine? Where are the others? He says to his disciples, look at this. Only the Samaritan returns. Well, yeah, the one you would not expect, right? Jesus says, get up, on your, go on your way. Your faith, has made you well. Now that word in the original language, well, esozio, sozo, interesting word. Uh, it's, not, it's more than a cure. It's not just your, your trust has cured you. Now, they all got that. But for him, Jesus says, your, your faith has made you whole. It's like all 10 were healed, but the one who returns, the one who has gratitude, the one who recognizes the good thing that has happened and knows where to go, right? The one who returns to give thanks, Jesus said, now this one is made well. This one has wholeness. The others were cured of their disease, which is an amazing, wonderful, beautiful thing. But this one, this Samaritan, Jesus said, this is wholeness. He's more complete. It's a deeper healing. It's a, it's a healing 
beyond the the skin. It's it's beyond the disease. There's something different about him. He's not like the others. Now, I mentioned that the others, the other nine, by the way, the other nine, they didn't do anything wrong. They did as they were told to do. Jesus didn't say, go to the priest, get the okay that you're clean, and then come back and thank me. He didn't say that. They're not doing anything wrong. All Jesus said is, go to the priest, and, you know, he'll give you the okay to return to the community. You'll be cured. But the one who gave thanks to Jesus, the one who returned, he didn't just thank him because he, he, he was told to do it, right? He did it because in a way it's who he is or who he was. He has this heart of gratitude. He can see he can see things that the others couldn't see. Of course, the others would be thrilled to bits that they were healed. How could they not be? But this man says, I'm going back to the source. I'm going to go and thank the one who made this possible. He had this heart of gratitude, and he had more than the others. Your faith has made you well, Jesus said. His gratitude brought him a whole different level of healing. It's like there's different levels of healing. You know, there's the surface healing and what we think is wrong. And then there's a whole lot of other levels underneath that. They're not quite on the surface. They're not as easy to identify. And yet God is very interested in healing at every level that is, and not just for us as individuals, but also for society and for the world and for the planet. And you could go on and on and on. I mean, God's all about healing brokenness in the world. That's the whole purpose of the Christmas story. That's why Christ came in the first place, right? It's to show a way of healing. So this gratitude, this completeness that this man received set him apart from the rest. It's almost like in the text underneath that's saying, yeah, this is kind of unusual. It's kind of unusual that he is living with this depth of appreciation and gratitude. Because for most people, not everyone, I mean, certainly not everyone, but I think, don't you think it's safe to say that the majority of us can spend way too much time mulling over what isn't going well with our lives. We can spend an awful lot of time concentrating on or thinking about what we don't like, what we would like to see changed. We can have 20 wonderful things happen in a week, in a day, but it's the one negative thing that we can give a lot of stage time to. It's the one negative thing or it's the one hurtful comment or it's the one disappointment. It's that piece that can capture our attention. And I think this, the, the lesson of this Samaritan is, is that, well, you know, gratitude can absolutely change 
the quality of your life, the happiness of your life, and also bring potential uh, repair to us in ways, in ways that we've never experienced before. That's the power of gratitude. Gratitude has potential to turn our lives around, in other words, change us. It changes us in profound ways. We don't even realize how profound. Gratitude can restore us. It can be a deeply healing spiritual practice. And I use the word practice intentionally because for most of us, we have to practice this because many of us concentrate on, like I said, the stuff that isn't, we're not quite as happy with. So for gratitude, it can be counter-instinctive. It's not easy because our pattern tends to be, if we're not being very reflective and if we're just being really busy and doing things and accomplishing and all that has to be disrupted, that sort of automatic pilot living has to stop before we can pause and pay attention and remember, oh, look at the good that has happened today. Look at the good that's happened today. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for that. Rather than, you know, maybe the end of the day lying in bed, dwelling on what isn't going so well. That has to be interrupted. That has to be taken in a new direction. Of course, it's changing our mind. This is what, by the way, the Apostle Paul speaks about the transformation of our minds. So obviously it's a challenging thing, right? Because if our default isn't gratitude, then it's something that we would have to practice and learn and stop and pause and choose gratitude. It's a choice. We won't always feel like it. Uh, we won't always want to do it. It won't always be easy to us, but it will bring a level of healing to our lives that we don't have. That's why throughout the scripture, and this is in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, there's so many lines that talk about thankfulness and gratitude to God. All the Psalms, there's so many lines that, that speak about give thanks to the Lord your God, for God is good. Because the ancient people knew that cultivating this attitude that would remember the good things that we have, the good gifts that God has given us, it's a life changer and it brings, it brings us healing. And there's the prayer, there's the heart cry. God, thank you. Thank you for all that you have given me. Thank you for all you're doing in my life. Help me to remember that you're always with me, you're always good, and you're always helping me, bringing me a new level of healing 
every single day. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.